Hello, welcome. Thank you for joining us on the Christmas Alphabet Podcast for our I episode. No, not all about me or about the I's you see with, but things relating to Christmas that start with the letter I. Here on the Christmas Alphabet Podcast, we explore Christmas in alphabetical order. And this is our ninth episode. So we're more than a third of the way through the alphabet now. And it's all about I. I am called Wayne. I'm your host. This is where we keep the Christmas spirit alive every two weeks, all year round, with Christmas traditions and history and music. I'm in Britain, but we're aware of Christmas all around the world. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Coming up today, we've got I for Washington Irving and the innkeeper in Bethlehem. We ponder the incarnation. We'll also look at a little-known film called It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, Lots of Christmas songs start with the letter I. We'll be looking at some of them, like I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day and In the Bleak Midwinter. So it's I time. We got on with it with the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Where I is for It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life is for many people the perfect Christmas film. Made in 1946 in post-war America, it's the story of a man called George Bailey who regrets missed opportunities to leave his small town and make his fortune. His is a small town life with his family and community. One Christmas Eve he's considering the value of his life and whether to end it all. A guardian angel called Clarence is sent from heaven to save him. Through Clarence we see flashbacks of George's life and what has brought him to this point of despair. Clarence saves George from drowning, then shows him a timeline in which George did not exist. This shows George that he does have a wonderful life, so he goes back to his family while Clarence gets his wings. Most people see the appeal of the film not so much in its story, but in its characters and the cosiness of small-town America and family life, with its heartwarming message of how one life can make a difference, and even yours. Some have seen it as over-sentimental and rose-tinted, but the central performance from Jimmy Stewart as George Bailey is what draws many people in. He's both strong and vulnerable, the man that men want to be and women want to be married to. It's a film that continues to appeal. The popularity of the film has a lot to do with a legal loophole. The director, Frank Capra, sold the film and all its rights, and its copyright ended in 1974. That meant that television channels, especially in the States, could show the film without paying for it, and they did, endless times, and people tuned in and watched it. A film that had not been the most successful in the awards, or even in the box office, was now a television staple and part of every Christmas. It's a Wonderful Life has been voted the best Christmas film of all time. Frank Capra didn't think it was a Christmas film, but it's set at Christmas and there's some snow in it. Well, lots of fake snow, 
which won an Oscar for its realism. The story is vaguely based on a Christmas carol, I suppose, and now it's as much part of Christmas as Jingle Bells and Good King Wenceslas, and neither of those have anything to do with Christmas at all. So, whatever. Just enjoy the film. Let it wash over you in all its sentimental glory. In fact, go on. Go and watch it now, as soon as this podcast is over. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. And we're staying stateside with our next I, because I is for Irving, Washington Irving. Charles Dickens has been called the man who invented Christmas, but Washington Irving got there first. Not that he invented Christmas either, but he popularised a lot of the traditions and images that we associate with the modern Christmas, and he influenced Dickens along the way. Irving was a lawyer and writer in New York with a Scottish mother and an English father. Irving wrote some important short stories, but his contribution to Christmas history is mainly in a book he wrote in 1809, supposedly by a Dutch historian called Diedrich Knickerbocker. The book had the title Knickerbocker's History of New York. It was a satire about the Dutch settlers of New York and about St. Nicholas, or Sinterklaas, or Santa Claus, as they called him. Irving's version of St. Nicholas became the patron saint of New York City, under the influence of Irving's friend John Pintard, and Santa Claus had arrived in the United States, never to leave. Irving moved to England and wrote tales about the old traditions of Christmas past in England, in books like Bracebridge Hall. Most of his wintry nostalgia was actually invented rather than real, but it set the scene for Dickens and other writers to play on snowy scenes and romanticised olden days. And these things, the oldy worldy Christmas, that Irving really plucked out of his imagination, they still speak to us today and they remain the classic feelings of the retellings of Christmas. And the man who invented that, and Santa Claus, is Washington Irving. Today we're on the letter I. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. And I is for the innkeeper. Now, if you watch a nativity play... One of the best characters, often a comic character, is the innkeeper, maybe innkeeper and his wife. Mary and Joseph, and their donkey, inevitably, have made their way to Bethlehem after a long trip from Nazareth. Mary is about to have her baby, and all the hotels are full. Then one kindly innkeeper says they can go to the cosy stable round the back where the baby can be born. It's a good story, it's a great story. But, here's a shock, the innkeeper isn't in the Bible account of Christmas at all. Nor is the donkey, and more surprisingly, neither is the stable. The Bible doesn't say that Mary arrived in Bethlehem ready to have her baby. The truth is that Mary and Joseph would almost certainly have travelled to Bethlehem in a group of people for security 
and done so before Mary was too heavily pregnant. And, as far as we know, Bethlehem had no hotels or inns. Inns of that type were only on journeys between towns. Joseph would have had family in Bethlehem, and the couple could have stayed there, most likely they did. The manger, where we know Jesus as a baby was laid, would have been in the house where a family lives. And the bit that's usually translated, no room for them in the inn, in Luke's Gospel, most probably means no room for them in the guest room of the house. So why am I even doing I for innkeeper if there wasn't an innkeeper? Well, just to dispel a few myths, I suppose, but also to get to the reality of the birth of Jesus. And this is the place to bring in another I, because I is for incarnation. Incarnation is a, a long word that church people use for what actually did happen in Bethlehem. Incarnation means God taking on a human body, God becoming a human being. Whatever happened about a stable or an innkeeper or a cute donkey, Christians believe that what really matters about that day in Bethlehem was that God appeared on the scene of human history as a baby, a vulnerable human baby, who was entirely human, but also entirely God. As it says in the carol, O come all ye faithful, word of the Father now in flesh appearing, O come let us adore him. The word for God in the flesh is an I, it's incarnation. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast, and I, it's not really for innkeeper, but it is for the incarnation. You're listening to the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. I'm your host, Wayne, and you can contact me at the email address, wayne at christmasalphabet.com. Today we're looking at all things Christmas, starting with the letter I. We're going to finish with the song story, but first, those things that nearly made it into this podcast but didn't quite get there. I is for, well, lots of songs that start with the word I. There's I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day, a song from 1973 by Wizard, led by the very hairy Roy Wood. The song only reached number two in the UK charts in the most epic Christmas number one charts battle ever. In those days, being Christmas number one really mattered in Britain, and everyone was releasing Christmassy songs with Christmas words and jingle bells all the way through them. And that year, the song that beat Wizard to number one was Slade's Merry Christmas Everybody. Both songs, the Slade song and I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day, are British Christmas classics that still get played to death every year on the radio and are on all those compilation CDs for Christmas that you can pick up in supermarkets. I is also for the Latin carol Indulci Jubilo, which we mentioned under Good Christian Men Rejoice. And I is for the French carol Il est né le divin enfant, he's born the holy infant, a great tune with words all about the shepherds playing oboes and bagpipes. I love that tune. 
There's the poem, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. That's another I. That's a poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. It's a cry for peace, written during the American Civil War. Other songs, beginning with I, that I like, include I Saw Mummy Kissing Santa Claus. It's a bit of fun. Uh, I'll Be Home for Christmas, another wartime, this time Second World War time song. And I Wonder As I Wander. Never quite sure why that became such a classic, but there it is. We are going to finish this I episode of the Christmas Alphabet podcast, as we do, with another song. This is the Christmas Alphabet podcast. And I is for In the Bleak Midwinter. This is a favourite carol of many people, though its words are really quite odd. When Christina Rossetti wrote her poem about Jesus breaking into our lives, she had no idea it would be sung as a carol, and it wasn't set to music until after her death. Christina Rossetti was a devout, high-church, Anglican Christian, with connections to the pre-Raphaelite painters. Her brother, Dante Gabriel Rossetti, was one of those painters, and she uh, moved in those artistic circles. Christina was also part of the renewal of the Catholic Anglican faith that wanted to remain Church of England but take the best parts of the Roman Catholic traditions. Her religion actually led to a lot of sadness for her. Her poetry is full of unrequited love because she had to end her engagement to the love of her life when he became a Roman Catholic. It was a broken relationship she never really recovered from. In the poem, In the Bleak Midwinter, Christina Rossetti, I think, brings into it a lot of sadness, but also brings us into the presence of God with words that are pious and sweet and stark and sonorous. The sound of the words is as important as the meaning of them. Snow had fallen, snow on snow, snow on snow. Who'd get away with that in poetry? but it somehow works. And of course we know that in reality, the time and place into which Jesus was born was not a snowy and bleak midwinter. But it's as if in the poem, the stable then is transported into our world now, or a version of Rossetti's world. A place that is still cold and hard-hearted for many. Rossetti had immersed herself in news about a war that had been going on in France, the Franco-Prussian War, and had written about the terrible cold and snow the soldiers there had endured, and maybe that had influenced this poem. And just as the words of the carol transposes the birth of Christ into a European winter, so it tells us of Jesus, who came into our world, came to be as we are, born in that stable place, as she says, as heaven could not hold him. It's a poem about the incarnation. Both heaven and earth are involved in his birth, the thronging of angels around a simple mother who shows her pious devotion to her child with a kiss. This is a carol which, like Christmas itself, tears down the barriers between heaven and earth, and between then and now and between Britain and Israel, and between God 
and his people. There are two different tunes that are most used to make Rossetti's words into a carol. The best known is by Gustav Holst, written in 1906. That one goes like this. There's another tune that I prefer. This one is by Harold Dark, written in 1909, and this one goes like this. Whichever tune you prefer, I think it's the final lines of In the Bleak Midwinter that have stayed with most people and it's the reason it's most often included in carol services. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. But what I can I give him, give my heart. That coming together of heaven and earth is then made personal as Christmas comes home. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast, and I is for In the Bleak Midwinter. I'm your host, Wayne, and that's the end of our episode for the letter I. All the music on this podcast is in the public domain or used for review purposes. Please subscribe if you haven't done already to Christmas Alphabet Podcast 
and please do what you can to get your Christmas loving friends to subscribe as well. Please follow us on social media. We're Christmas Alphabet Podcast on Facebook. We're at Christmas Alpha on Twitter or Christmas Alphabet on Instagram when I remember to put anything on it. Please give us a follow and leave a review on Facebook and on Apple Podcasts or on your podcast app. That really does help. Our website where you can find all our episodes and more content if I get around to doing it is at christmasalphabet.com and you can send me a note by email. I'm wayne at christmasalphabet.com I'll be back in two weeks for an episode starting with the letter J which could be about Jesus and his stepdad Joseph it could be about the Jesse tree and joy to the world and jingle bells and other things starting with J thank you for listening and may the joy of Christmas be with you all year round